today's khutbah, I'll be speaking to you about a few reflections, just some lessons that we can take from the opening ayah of Surah Al-Nisa. That is the fourth surah of the Quran in the Mus'haf order and an early surah revealed to the Prophet ﷺ when he was in Medina. It's one of the largest surahs in the Quran also. And you'll notice that the, some of the largest surahs in the Quran are also in the beginning of the Mus'haf. Some things you should know about the larger surahs is that in the introduction of the larger surahs, Allah will mention a few comments, introductory comments. And those are the most comprehensive, rich comments. Uh, they are kind of like, you know, when you go to a college course and you take an orientation and your professor kind of sets your mind and your thought process about what's going to happen in the rest of the semester, sets your expectations, tries to brief you about what to, you know, how to navigate the course successfully. That's kind of what happens in the beginnings of long surahs. Allah will say a few words, but if you contemplate those few words, then the rest of the study of that surah and the message of that surah will become easy to understand because you'll have to keep reminding yourself of that opening comment. So the same thing happens in Al-Baqarah, the same thing happens in Ali Imran, and now the same thing is happening here. Just to give you another outside example, for, exa for instance, in Ali Imran, Allah says, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْهٌ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُ in the opening comments in Surah Al-Imran, Allah mentioned people when they come across, when Allah says something in the book, that something in the book, Allah deliberately, on purpose, He made it very explicitly clear. And some things, He was not as open about it. He left it com not completely clarified. Right? He put some tashabuh in it. And then he says, and people who have fitna in their hearts, they try to find some crazy interpretation for the thing that he did not make explicitly clear. It's a test for them. They want to create some kind of a new scandal, a new fitna out of it, a new interpretation, or they want to be the first to say, nobody could figure this out, I'm the one who just figured this out. They want to lay claim to that. So somebody can make a new... Yeah, I don't know, YouTube video, nobody knows what Alif Lam means, means all these years, but I, my friends, have figured it out now, right? And he wants to get a million views or whatever. That's, that's the goal. So Allah says, The people who have rich, richness in their knowledge, they, they have faith in it. And they say, Kullu min All of it is from our master. So what happens later on in the surah is uh, there's a passage about Isa alayhi salam. And Isa alayhi salam, Allah says to him, Inni mutawafika wa rafi'uka ilayya. Right? And Jesus and the last part of the life of Jesus is one of the greatest, you know, debated components of history in the world. What exactly happened to Jesus? Right? And so some, even among the Muslims, are going to pick that passage and then try to come up with creative interpretations out of that passage and come up with theories about what actually happened with Isa alayhi And that's just an example. If you go back to the opening of the surah, Allah said, I will test you with this. I will, I will give you something, I won't make everything explicit, let's see what you do with it, right? And, and the same thing is going to happen in Surah An-Nisa. Allah will mention lots of things in this surah, but the opening is going to be this orientation. And in fact, this time the orientation is just a handful of ayat. And the first of them is extremely comprehensive. In the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we learned that this is an ayah that Rasul ﷺ used to encourage and also recite in the nikah ceremony. So when people are getting married, this ayah would be recited. This was a common practice of the Prophet ﷺ. Humanity, so this is an address to all human beings, not just Muslims. He says, be, be spiritually conscious of your master. The one who created you from a single person. 
and from out of that person he created his spouse meaning he's talking about Adam and Hawa salamun alayhima wabatha minhuma rijalan kathira and through the both of them he spread from both of them many men wa nisaa and many women wattaqullaha alladhi tasa'aluna bihi and be mindful and spiritually conscious of Allah in whose name you ask each other for things let me explain what this means briefly in whose alladhi tasa'aluna bihi in whose name you ask each other for things you know in urdu this allah ke waste meri madad kar do khuda ka waste ye baat mat karna you know billah qif you know just i swear just in allah's name just please stop you know for god, in english we say for god's sake can you please do this for me right we have these phrases where we call on allah's name and we ask somebody in the in the hoping that their sense of faith to allah will be enough for them to do something or stop doing something for allah's sake please don't do this anymore please don't do that anymore you know so this idea that when we get really desperate from each other and we really want to beg for something from each other or really want somebody to to do something that we're asking them for hoping for we call on allah we bring allah into the conversation that happens in muslim culture it happens in non-muslim culture allah is making a comment about societies around the world who beseech god when it comes to desperate requests alladhi tasa'aluna bihi but then he adds something he adds wal arhama wal arhama wattaqullaha wattaqul arhama actually So the the arab of it is be spiritually conscious of Allah and also be spiritually conscious of al-arham and I'm not translating that yet and we'll see in a second in Allah kana alaykum raqiba certainly Allah has always been protective watchful guarding over you raqib actually in its original meanings it has a few themes it has the theme of someone watching over you someone having authority over you somebody overseeing you right that's that's one idea of raqib another idea of raqib some extract from the word raqaba which means the back of the neck right and you know the idea that you know uh, shepherds for example can grab the back of the neck of the animal right and steer it away from going off the cliff right? so they're in a sense they're raqib they're hafiz also and haris also over their animals this is the name of allah that he he uses that he calls upon at the end notice in this ayah strangely allah tells us to have taqwa of himself twice ittaqu rabbakum humanity have taqwa of your master and then later on wattaqullah in the same ayah have taqwa of allah but the second time he mentions it he says wattaqullah alladhi tasa'aluna bihi wal arhama what something really beautiful about this ayah is the first time he mentioned having taqwa of your rabb he mentioned how he created us from our mother and our father the first time he mentioned taqwa then he mentioned the creation of our, ourselves through our mother and our father adam and hawa salamun alayhima The second time he mentions it, he mentions the womb. So there's a direct correlation again, taqwa of Allah and then the womb. But it's strange that in the Quran you don't find usually Allah telling us to have taqwa of anyone other than himself. Usually you find wattaqullah, wattaqurab, you know, wattaqullah is actually the most common one, right? And here you find wattaqul arham actually by Arab. Be mindful and be careful and be cautious of the womb relationships the womb relationships arham rahim is arham is the plural uh, the arham is the plural it's actually the the belly of the mother the pregnant woman her womb is called arham and why would we be mindful of that allah is saying all the relationships that are connected to the womb you should be mindful of 
among the opinions of the scholars on what al-arham means, who does it include? Does it include, the, obviously it includes the mother, obviously it includes the father, obviously it includes children, but does it include anybody else? Actually, there's a trickle effect, which is why the opinion existed even classically, also mentioned in Al-Qurtubi as his fifth position, his fifth opinion on this, is anyone related to you with any degree of closeness that came by blood? All of those relationships fall under Al-Arham. Even your cousins can fall under Al-Arham. In fact, even your wife or your husband will fall under Al-Arham because the, the ayah began with Adam and Hawa, salamun alayhima, where all of humanity began. And then Allah mentioned Al-Arham later. So what does that mean? That even the womb could not have happened without the marriage happening. And the children could not have happened without the spouse's spousal relationship happening. So at, at the source of it is actually the spousal relationship, right? And so it has a special place. And it's not to be excluded from the conversation of Al-Arham. But today's khutbah, I want to focus uh, myself and all of you on this strange expression, this unique expression in the Qur'an, taqwa of Allah and taqwa of Al-Arham. Now taqwa of Allah is mentioned hundreds of times in the Qur'an. Hundreds of times. And the more Allah mentions something, the, the, the reason for that. When someone tells you something over and over again, you might think it's annoying. But Allah does not mention anything except in due proportion. Everything is in proportion. Allah says, mizan." Right? So Allah, Allah put down a scale. And Allah sent a scale. And a scale means everything is in the right amount, right dosage, right proportion. Any medication you get more than you need, then you're going you're gonna to overdose and you're going to die. You need the right proportion, the right amount of pill at the right amount of times. So when Allah mentions taqwa so much, you know what that means? That is the thing that disappears from my consciousness the, most, the, the, the quickest. The thing that I lose the fastest without even realizing it, or its concentration, its strength, gets weakened without me even thinking about it, is taqwa. And that's why it has to be talked about more than anything else. So Allah keeps mentioning taqwa and taqwa and taqwa. And so if we contemplate the taqwa of Allah, we might learn something about how to have taqwa of Al-Arham. Because He associated both of them in this ayah. So the taqwa of Allah, there's a few things. There's hundreds of things we learn about it. But there's only two or three things that I'm going to mention to you. And as I mentioned each one, we're going to see what we might learn from that, from the taqwa of Al-Arham. So the first of them I want to mention to you is small deeds. Right? Allah says even if you do something small, Allah will multiply it. You might not think much of it.